Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about all of the Star Trek series on CBS All Access. Today, we want to talk about the 25th episode of season one of Star Trek The Next Generation as we kick off our Picard, Discussing Picard series. And that episode is going to be conspiracy. But uh, first, let me introduce the rest of the crew, the cast here for this episode. And I'm your host, Clarence. And like always, I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting none other than the Trek historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, just trying to gather my composure here on a rough day of dropping things and bumping. <laughs> into things and forgetting things but it's getting better because i'm getting ready to talk about star trek so all right that's what's up and also down in hattiesburg we're joined by the stargate historian jeremy barrow how you doing man i'm doing better than jonathan um <laughs> today was today was my day off and i kind of slept all day so i'm just kind of moseying around I'm just rubbing in why don't you it's what i do jonathan it's what i do and he has a birthday tomorrow so he's on cloud nine. Oh, happy early birthday man Thank you. And then Jonathan has one the next day. So, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And last but certainly. Tear the berg up. Oh, tear the berg up. Okay. <laughs> Out in the streets, son. <laughs> <laughs> and, and last but certainly not least on this podcast, we have the Who Story and Cal Jones. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. But considering the fact we have two birthdays in our cast, I'm just going to say to you both, live long and prosper. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Thank sir. you, God, sir. So, as I mentioned, this is kind of going to kick off our discussing Picard series, which, you know, I thought we were going to get Picard in sometime in 2019. But turns out it's going to be early 2020 if you've been abreast of the news that's been going on lately. But our list consists of Conspiracy, Q Who, Samaritan's Samaritan Snare, Best of Both Worlds Parts 1, 1 and 2, Family the drumhead, Borg, Tapestry, and All Good Things. So that's going to be kind of the list of our Discussing Picard episodes. And that might change. We might extend it or take some of those episodes out. But that's our initial list for this series that we're going to go through. And if you you know, want to join along, just um, follow the list and join us for these episodes. I'll post it on our website as well. But, guys, what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Again, all of the series that are on CBS All Access, um, which, you know, of course, is Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, also the Lord Decks and the Short Treks. So we're we're kind of co- covering the gamut on this podcast. And I always say it, guys, if you like this show, we just ask you to tell a friend. Uh, simple as that. If you like the show, you feel like it's cool and you have another trick in your life, you know, give them a gift. Tell them about this show. And uh, we'd really appreciate it, guys. But we have to talk about the news so much freaking news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con and wow, wow. So let's get into it. Uh, there was a Star Trek universe panels. I guess it's kind of their overarching um, description for each of the panels they had there in Hall H. So let's start with, I guess, probably some of the least of the news that we got. And that's first the Star Trek Discovery panel. So apparently on next season, the Star Trek Discovery going to have David Ajala as his character named Cleveland Booker or Book join the, joining the cast in the future uh, with the Star Trek Discovery crew in season three. Cal, you may know this guy as Manchester Black on the Supergirl series. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. Yes. So he'll be joining the cast for of Star Trek 
Discovery in season three. Also, um, you know, then you know a lot of be awesome. What's that? Go for if, it. If it was the Booker from uh, 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 Firefly. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Who was, Bo- was Booker on Firefly? The preacher. Oh, you know, he's passed away, man. Did he? Yeah. yeah. When? When? How? Why? Yeah, Who, like three or four years ago, man. Oh, unfortunately. Don't make me sad, man. Well, we yeah, so bring th- down the so, exciting news. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot there, Jonathan. Oh, Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I wanted y'all to feel how my week's been. <laughs> well, well done, accomplished. Sir. Well done. <laughs> but, Jonathan, you had good intentions. Uh, thank you, Kyle. See, that's that's looking at the glass as half full. <laughs> that is a Vulcan way of seeing it. Thanks, sir. Yeah, but but in the discovery panel, they were mostly tight-lipped about anything coming up in the current season. Um, except, you know, they told us about this character. Of course, we're going to be 960 years in the future. Da, da, da. But, you know, we also got some news about the short treks, which we're going to have six this time. Uh, four of which are going to be. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I backed it up. Two of which are going to be animated. And some of them are going to feature the cast of the. Enterprise crew, Spock, Pike, and number one. And also one of them is going to be a teaser for the Picard series. So interesting. So that tells me we're probably going to get these six short treks sometime later this year, which I am all about that and and happy we're going to have something to talk about. (laughs) Exactly. Also, they talked about Star Trek Lower Decks, which is... um, comes from the mind of uh, Rick Momahan, if I'm saying that right. I'm going off the top of my head here. I don't have this written down. Uh, But these are going to be like half hour animated shows that are going to focus on four ensigns that are serving on an unimportant ship in Starfleet. So, uh, yeah, we have that. (laughs) (laughs) Some unimportant ship. Uh, So so it's supposedly going to have a lot of familiar trick in it, and it's going to feel like a real star trek episode so take that as it may um could be interesting another cool tidbit and this is probably the coolest thing that i've you know garnered from watching this panel is that it's going to take place right after nemesis so it's going to play around in that time frame like right after the shows right after the movie nemesis and before the picard series so i found that very interesting in a way so Mm. can't wait for it interesting how CBS yeah. gonna react to this? How's what? How CBS gonna react to that? Are they? They're, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought the Lord Dex was didn't. I, I I don't think. I think you're thinking of the Nickelodeon show that they're going to do, but I don't think this is part yeah. of that. Yeah, this is definitely CBS All Access a show. A CBS All Access show. Like Alex Kurtzman was was sitting on the panel uh, that they were doing. <laughs> so but yeah. wasn't there uh, like a fan? No, not that I know. Creation, of. I thought they called Lord Dick. They're maybe gonna think of something else. Mm, I'm sure there sure was, but you are. Don't pay me any attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I see this similar to what the BBC did back in 2007, 2008, 2009 with Torchwood, Sarah Jane, and Doctor Who. You had this big expanded universe that had their own genre and their own audience because i see a different audience for discovery a different audience for picard and i see a younger audience perhaps for 
the lower decks. I may be totally Ooh. wrong. It may be the most adult of all three of them. Maybe. So the audience they're going for is people who like shows like Family Guy and The Simpsons. And again, it's coming for, from the Rick minds of the writers of Rick and Morty, which is not a kid's show <laughs> by any means. By no stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so, so it's very Never much going in the same vein. So uh, not for kids, but, you know, maybe bring the some of the satirical. Maybe well, I was going to say maybe bringing some of the sensibilities of Star Trek, maybe to definitely to a younger generation. But it's, it is going to be a comedy, though. It's, again, not for kids, but, you know, teen teenagers and, you know, young adults. And next, uh, we'll talk about the Star Trek Picard panel, which um, maybe Sir Patrick Stewart himself summed it up best. I woke up this morning as every morning these days, it begins with script learning lines and i read a line in in a scene that comes up on monday where i say we never know do we when our last moment will be for me i can twist that a little and say we never know do we when our best moment will be and that is now is it (laughs) <laughs> We're going to get into it. Um, Alex Kurtzman on the tone of the new Picard show is going to be about the great captain that everyone loves so much. What I garnered from the panel is that it's going to have a very different tone from what we know. Uh, according to the wor- their own words, it's going to be more lyrical, whatever that means, more grounded, more dramatic then Discovery, which these with these new batch of writers that they have. And also, of course, we have Michael Caban uh, um, as a showrunner, who's a Pulitzer Prize winner. So um, they're saying that Patrick Stewart has a heavy influence on the story and it's an ongoing uh, collaboration. So I don't know. I think it can be good. It's going to be a very different tone. They said on the panel that each of the characters, each, each of the main characters are going through something and to me, it's kind of the maybe not the hero's journey, but a growth journey for all these characters, which could be fun. And um, I'll take that to maybe go right into the trailer. Have you ever been a stranger to yourself? Many, many times. Nearly two decades ago, Commander Data sacrificed his life for me these past few years i really tried to belong here but it never truly felt like home do you know who i am everything inside of me says that i'm safe with you admiral i have encountered a woman she came to me for help if she is who I think she is, she's in serious danger. Sometimes I worry that you have forgotten who you are. We do not. You can't do it alone. You need help. You need protection. You need a crew. Be the captain they remember. She truly is. She's the end of all. 
what were you guys' overall thoughts i'm assuming everybody got a chance to see it twice yeah (laughs) okay 10 times for me but go ahead jonathan let's hear your thoughts (laughs) well i wish i had time for 10 times one of them i watched at work in the middle of the rush so i'm not gonna tell anybody about that but listen i and kind of piggybacking off of what you just got through discussing it, I see in the trailer, it just kind of reminds, I don't know. I always go back to this, but it reminds me of a DS nine tone. Like DS nine was very heavily character growth oriented and it was not necessarily a, you know, TNG was kind of a more, I'm not going to say bubbly, but more optimistic, future type yeah so and ds9 was not it was more of a good deep storyline talking about a lot of issues bringing up a lot of debatable issues and i kind of see that from this trailer i see that as the kind of tone the picard series is going to take and just because the trailer starts in the setting of one of the best tng episodes which is a family yes (laughs) I, I, I mean, that really says a lot because that particular episode of TNG was completely different. It like threw us kind of for a loop. And I think it was after the whole board thing. So we kind of needed a break from all of that action. And I think it's going to have a nice DS9 tone. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Again, mentioned on the panel, they said that Picard is now at a point in his life where he is questioning many of the choices that he's made. And you can kind of see that, or you kind of get that feel from the trailer. Kyle, what did you think of the trailer, man? Okay, so I've not watched it 10 times, but I've seen it with audio four times, and I've watched it kind of going frame by frame. uh, So I'm at five. So that's my viewing of it. But having said as regards to DS9, I'm not sure if I get a DS9 feel. For me personally, I got more of a nostalgia feel. I got that, really? yes, I got the feel of you wanted to appeal to the 80s slash 90s Star Trek fans and maybe offer something for the people who maybe did not like uh, Discovery quite so much because it delivered wholeheartedly on the fields for me. I felt like the excitement that I had from watching TNG, because back in the day, I didn't watch the the original series. And it was TNG that got me hooked kind of on Star Trek. And then I loved Voyager. So you put in different elements there. I was just grinning from ear to ear the whole time I was watching it. And then on top of that, going back and watching a TNG episode for this review that we're doing here was kind of like icing on the cake. So that's that's kind of my feel. I got the nostalgia feel from it. 
Hmm. Which is funny because I didn't feel too nostalgic, nostalgia heavy with it. Of course, by the end of it, uh, the latter half of the trailer, we're definitely getting pounded with a heavy dose of nostalgia. But it really felt to me to just be something totally different. I never got the TNG feel from it at all. But we, again, had those elements maybe bridging the gap from TNG to Voyager in this trailer that very much had me happy and, 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 and smiling from ear to ear. What about you, Jeremy? Um, well, as someone who's not as familiar with TNG as probably everybody else here and most of our listeners, um, I didn't get the nostalgia feel because I'm not, I don't have a basis for the nostalgia because I've, I've never really watched it. But I do kind of see where he's coming from with the DS9 feel, where it's more character driven and less sci fi driven. Yeah. So, I mean, and, but I, but I, I I mean, I see where you're both coming from, but I'm getting more like Jonathan of the of the DS9 character driven and less babble and, and. And I think a lot of it. I mean, and this. I mean, we're grasping at a lot from a few minute trailer. Right. Well, not even a minute trailer, but I mean, I think just the 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 vision of a older Picard, you know, and mm-hmm. you're immediately struck with you're not going to get the same action from Picard, you know. During TNG, I don't know how they best explain it. Like, maybe not as much wisdom, but more action. He was like the captain. Like, he could get things done. But now you're looking at an older Picard, and, like, he may not can get things done, but he knows a lot of crap. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to it's gonna be a lot of his wisdom that's going to drive this show. To me, that's my opinion anyway. And, man, I kind of look at – it's kind of like an older – like Morgan Freeman – tend to get older, I mean, get better as he gets older, and I'm seeing the same thing here with Patrick Stewart. Yeah, definitely. He looks old in the show. I mean, he looks really old, and, you know, he's been doing this show for a long time, and uh, that that's kind of the thing that jumped out to me the most, how different he looked, but of course, he's, what, 70-something years old, um, and Kirschman said in the panel that they pointedly wanted to not make a sequel to the next generation um they're kind of saying that is more maybe of hybrid of tng and kind of the sensibilities we have on uh discovery which i can see that from the trailer they're definitely going for that high cinematic value look um which it looks awesome to me it looks like watching a freaking movie um and one more comment he made about picard he said age has not change this resolve it's only changed the circumstances of his life which i thought was was pretty um interesting of course we didn't really mention the elephant in the room which is the guest appearances that we saw on this trailer that had us grinning from ear to ear um uh, who's the biggest voyager fan on this podcast jeremy who did, who did we see on the uh <laughs> we saw my girl seven of nine what <laughs> and let me tell you i too when i first saw this was and don't tell Jonathan, I was at work. <laughs> really? But I, was this around the time that all the crap went to... No, I'm playing. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was... I, I was kind of running around going like, guess what Guess what I just saw? Guess what I just saw? And nobody and, understood. And nobody was excited for me or with me, and I was sad, but... <laughs> but that, that, that made me very happy to see that. So wonderful, man. So wonderful. And, I you know, Jeremy Jeremy and I were discussing this about like the seven of nine we we saw in the trailer. Like 
And to me, it reminds me a lot of, you know, the episode when Seven of Nine had something was going on with her implant and she was daydreaming. I think the doctor set her up to dream. So she was like dating Chakotay or married to Chakotay. Yeah. And that, like, this is the character that I, that when that episode, this is character I see in the trailer. So I'm, I'm excited to see that. But see, I'm wondering if we're going to see Seven of Nine or Annika Hansen. I think it's going to be a combination of both. Well, well, because she was... Oh, well, go ahead. Well, I'll just say the thing is, I mean, they mentioned this in the panel, and it's just obvious from what we see is that it's been, what, 18, 17 years, 20 years for us. That's been the same amount of time for these characters. Correct. And right. who knows, you know, she's been a hum- in human form, you know, n- not attached to the collective for you know almost 20 something years now in her life and of course she's going to become more human the more she's had time to spend among humans so i i, right. I love that i hope they at least talk about it a little bit in the show but i just Looks think it's like wonderful. she aged well yeah. oh, oh yes. yes yeah yes. she has <laughs> man yes yeah. i was just noticing her facial expressions when she was telling you know you know picard what are you doing here and that's probably the most human i've seen mm-hmm. her yes. Certainly. In that character. So, like I said, you know, it just leads me to say, are we going to see, is she still going to be seven of nine or is she going to revert back to Annika? Yeah. And like, which, which version of that are we, are we going to, are we going to get the middle ground? I think it's going to be the middle ground. I think she's just grown over the years. Yeah. See, that's what I was about to say. And maybe my word for nostalgia is maybe not the right word. Maybe what I'm feeling is anticipation in in a sense to see where all these characters have been for the last 17 to 20 years or more. Yeah, certainly. And it kind of makes me go and watch the finale of Voyager again, because I know we get a flash to the future, but I think seven is dead. So we don't know how she is when she's I older. I actually just watched that episode today. Yes, she is. Okay. All right. Well, this is new ground. This is uncharted ground for, for seven to nine here. <laughs> Mm. Wait, I thought she was married to somebody in the flesh. She Wait. had married Chakotay, but she died two years after the current Voyager crew is on their uh, trek. Gotcha. Yeah. That's part of the reason Janeway wanted to go back and or gotcha. Admiral Janeway to yes. fix the timeline, I guess. Interesting stuff, oh. man. Interesting stuff. Also, Ooh. we get a cameo from um, Brent Spiner. At the end there, which so I'm curious as to your uh, theory on that. I, 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 I'm, I'm curious. <sighs> I think that, of course, it seems like okay. We have one one of two possibilities. The first one being they recovered all the parts and were able to somehow assemble them back together after all these years. Maybe something something happens. Either that, or maybe they transplanted his memories into lore or something. So did you, did you, I I mean, I'm assuming you thought he looked different. Yes. Yes. And I attribute that to him dying in the first place. Maybe the way they brought him back together, he isn't going to look the same. That's, that's kind of what I, (laughs) you know, trying to make sense of it, put together in my head. Well, I mean, also in addition to Brent Spiner, um, we know that we're going to have Jonathan Frakes coming back to direct two episodes as well as be in an episode as well as Marina Sorches and Jonathan Del Arco, which played a Borg in a few episodes, uh, is going to be back for this series. So that makes me think with the addition of Jerry Ryan, I think this is going to be like 
to have something significant to do with the Borg and not to mention, you know, you just mentioned best of both both worlds. What happens to Picard? That film is going to be Borg heavy in a sense. I don't know, but that's kind of the intuition I'm getting. And what of this character, this girl who has some connection to Picard that is, you know, the chosen one, apparently, from the trailer? Because yeah. you, Clarence, had me intrigued by a comment you made last night, which was that you had a feeling that you are had a theory of who this person's identity might be. And I'm confused. So you, would you mm. like to enlighten? Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think she may be some Borg hybrid is kind of my first thought on it. Uh, but then, you know, the trailer was rum- Romulan heavy as well. So is she part Romulan? She looked very human. I don't I don't know. It could be so many possibilities, but I think it's going to play into something to do with the Borg. That's just kind of the gut feeling I have. So here's my gut feeling. Considering the fact that we've got seven of nine in it. And if you go back to the end of Voyager, what if she is a recreation of the Borg Queen? Because they make reference to the fact that she doesn't know who she is. Yeah. Yeah. And also they show a Borg cube that, you know, is not only green, but has heavy blue gashes through it. So. So, yeah, that pretty much covers everything with the Star Trek universe panel, the Star Trek Picard panel in particular at the end there. Uh, again, they have three more episodes to shoot. Then they're going to be wrapping up. Um, the the uh, initial photography or shooting for the show, so that it's going to be interesting. I guess early twenty twenty is when when we're going to get that, and uh, I guess I can't wait, man. It's, it's so I guess if that means if early twenty twenty for that, I'm assuming mid to late twenty twenty for. Uh, discovery probably maybe i definitely don't think they're going to do both at the same time so yeah i don't even know if they've even i think they may have just started shooting for discovery so i'm I'm thinking maybe discovery is probably maybe not late 2020 but maybe you know around yeah they probably would do it in the fall they wouldn't do it yeah. in the summer so yeah maybe the fall of 2020 you're probably right on that unfortunately but yeah. hey as long as we got stuff to watch we have the lower decks we got the picard show we got the short tricks you know as long as they keep giving me something plenty. to watch exactly i'm i'm i'm, I'm happy about it <laughs> so guys i guess we are ready to go ahead and get into our review of star trek the next generation's conspiracy Season one, episode 25, which originally aired May 9th, 1988. After diverting a secret meeting with an old friend and some of Starfleet's finest commanders, Captain Picard finds the USS Horatio destroyed. So, guys, if you have not seen this episode, uh, go watch or maybe just join in to see what we have to say about it. Because henceforth, guys, spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy me. I'm dead. At ease before you spray something. So let's uh, go around the horn and get the overall thoughts on the episode. And let's start with Jeremy, man. What did you think of Conspiracy? Um, I thought it was a very interesting episode. Um, not having, having not watched a whole lot of TNG, I... Uh, I was I, I was surprised about the '80s feel to it, I guess. Um, and, and is that in tone or in just like the way it was shot? 
just the way it was shot, just like the production values, which is not a bad thing. Um, it was just kind of, it was just kind of a surprise. Um, but I, I mean, I enjoyed the episode. It was just, you know, the production values just kind of struck it, just stuck out at me. <laughs> Jeremy, you are the production quality uh, Nazi. <laughs> You know, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I can't argue with that. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, man. This is funny. But yeah, I, I do agree. It does look, it does have very much a different tone in the way it was shot. And I think there's just probably the first first few seasons of um, TNG is like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just that just, you know, that just stuck out to me. Hey, man, it was the 80s. What do you expect? No, look, I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> I, 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 I know. <laughs> That was like good graphics back in the back at that time. <laughs> oh lord! So, Cal, man, what are your overall thoughts on the episode, man? So, my overall thoughts is I'm going to actually agree with Jeremy because I did notice the different um, production values, and of course, you know, as you guys were saying, it is or was the 70s. I mean, excuse me, the 80s. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and i wasn't trying to be funny but but uh you know it was 88 but at the time you know that was top-notch graphics at the time i did also have a tone uh feel to it in a sense of there were some highly dramatic parts of like they're you know like going to commercial and somebody looks at somebody else and then they have the music in the background again, very eighties, but I really enjoyed this episode. I know we'll probably get more into it a little in just a little bit, but overall I had fun watching it. Yeah. uh, And I, you know what? I do think it acts a lot of the show to have these, centipede looking aliens running around and and going inside of people that's a lot to ask and something you don't normally see on star trek so in that sense yeah it does feel very different and especially if we want to fast forward to the end when we have the stomach explosion you know yeah bad c not cg bad compute it was it computer i guess it was computer graphics <laughs> or, or or claymation or whatever the frack it was uh it it, it, it it just was of its time and didn't look the greatest. And, you know, that's not something you see normally in a Star Trek episode. Okay, so it let me was introduce- the 80s when this aired, though, right? Like 88? Yeah. 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 yeah it. It's a very but, 80s episode. But, but let me add this. I looked up some of the uh, background of the episode, and they actually filled a replica of his head with raw meat and exploded it for that effect oh god (laughs) you got a little practical man and actually because of the graphic nature of that scene that episode is banned in some countries are you believe it or not oh man yep Uh, i think i think great britain it is banned and i think canada it airs with a warning yep you are right in canada it did originally have a warning the BBC did originally ban it, but they later aired on BBC Two an edited version of it. Wow, that is crazy! Yeah, um, speaking of things being edited for foreign countries, I think in the UK, since nunchucks are outlawed in the Turtles cartoon, and I found this on our good friends Sergio's podcast Shellheads, that they actually changed like Michelangelo's nunchucks to like sticks <laughs> because nunchucks are outlawed. Wow! So, but Donatello has the has the bow staff, and you can't give half of two of them out sticks. Hey, I don't well, know, man. That's just what you I heard. Nunchucks, but a sword is okay. 
Sword. Sword? <laughs> Sorry, they just really yeah. You're right, but not take you out loud. I don't know, man. This is what I was told. But anyway, I mean, as far as this being a, a character exploration of Picard, and that's kind of the reason why we're re- reviewing this, it does present or put Card in a rather precarious position where he has to decide whether this perceived threat is real or not and act on it. And to me, the scope of the story seems it seems like it could be way grander, but they were able to get all this accomplished in the scope of one episode, which I thought was a pretty good accomplishment. Because if you got to think about it, they do a they do a lot because they have to establish that we have this threat. They have to have this meeting and then they have to go and eliminate the threat. Now, I do think some of the ways it was portrayed in episode were meant to were needless, needlessly throwing subterfuge at the audience um, to make us maybe think one thing when it was really another. Uh, and I think mainly my point on that is the whole thing with Riker. They kind of made us feel like Riker. Not by story, but in the way it was shot, they made us think that that Riker was, you know, infected. But maybe it made it for a more exciting episode. So I don't know. Mm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So we find the ship is headed to Pacifica, a planet that's like akin to California. Um, (laughs) One note, I particularly love how how Worf said he doesn't want to go to the planet because swimming is too much like bathing. I found that pretty (laughs) funny. So, and I want to ask a question about data right here. And the question is, do we think these moments to humanize data just come off as too slapsticky after a point and dumb feeling? If that felt kind of forced, to me, it just didn't fit in the episode. I've always found that is very kind of like a relieving moment anytime they've done that. I just saw it as character development for Data because I liked Data from from the very beginning, and I just thought that that was natural to his character progression. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly love it when it feels like it's part of the story, but uh, to me, in this instance, it kind of felt too forced, um, and I don't know why I feel that way because they it seemed like they went to it several times in this episode. And and instead of it feeling natural and just feel like a natural part of the flow of the episode, it seemed like they just, oh, let's get our data jokes in there. Check off a, a box on uh, on the list. So, well, they had a much better moment later on in the episode where data was going through all the uh, orders from the past uh, couple of months. And he started talking to himself and the computer could didn't recognize the, the command. But Data realized he was talking to himself. Yeah, I like which that is one a very too. human trait. Yeah, but see, I don't think you could appreciate that particular scene as much if you didn't have the awkward <laughs> moment uh, earlier. Oh man! <laughs> so um, let me ask you guys: um, What do you think of the whole Code Forty Seven business? Was it necessary or just put there again? Like my opinion in this episode of the way it was shot with Riker was just put there to just drum up the suspense of the episode because they could have sent him a trans uh, encrypted message directly to his ready room and nobody would have to know the difference. You know, it's encrypted. Nobody can read it anyway. But now in this circumstance, we have to have a special captain priority code 47 sent directly to his ready room his eyes only and just like Charlie's Angels or Inspector Gadget we have to destroy it when it's 
<laughs> when he's seen it. Like, what? Yeah, I think I, I felt like that was a bit much, too. Because it's just like letting everyone know, hey, guys, he has a secret, but he can't tell you <laughs> what it is. Don't ask him. Don't bring it up. But he has a secret. So everyone shush. Oh, <laughs> so so, so is that like a right. subconscious thing saying, you know, using the uh, – description that you just gave that is that just like a subconscious thing to saying patrick stewart is playing charlie in the charlie's angel remake <laughs> is he really i think he really is oh my well, god i'm gonna have to look that up because i've never I've, i mean i already want to see that movie but that's gonna make me want to see it even more mm. so yeah i, I kind of wrote down what they said and what the computer said captain eyes only it is not to be discussed with fellow officers unless deemed absolutely necessary. There would be no computer record of said transmission. What? <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, we got the same thing in Voyager with the Omega Directive. But and that's the fucking Omega that. Directive. That's the Omega. <laughs> but it's still the same thing. Captain's eyes only. No one should hear it or see it unless necessary. And, you know. It... Did they say it was going to self-explode once she's read it? Did they say that too? No. <laughs> You're not wrong, sir. <laughs> oh, man. So one of the things I didn't get in that conversation with Picard and um, Walker Keel is that he said Picard owes him, which I really didn't get because they never really came back to it in the episode. Or did I miss something, guys? Did you? I, I didn't see anything that that would indicate. I mean, I didn't see nothing. Yeah, didn't see same here. Like yeah, it's kind of a throwaway line to me. Again, maybe make it seem more important that Picard listened to what what Walker had to say. So we have these three ships uh, that meet Picard at Italics B, where Picard beams down along. So I have to ask you guys, what do you think of? Picard's friends there, Starfleet's finest. <laughs> what do you think of that that cast of characters? Any mm. thoughts? We have, I'll just mention who we have there. We have Thomas Payne. Well, we have Ricks, which captains the Thomas Payne. We have Walter Kill, which captains, captains the Horatio. And we have Captain Scott, who captains the Renegade. Uh, and the fastest one to uh, faster than anyone to reach captain in Starfleet, which I thought was pretty cool. But any thoughts on those cast of characters? Were they believable? Did, mm. did, should he have trusted I, them so quickly? I didn't trust. Well, I don't know if this was remembering having seen this before subconsciously, because it's probably been 20 years since I've seen it. But that being said, I didn't trust anybody from the very beginning, because I was looking at who are they trying to make me trust? And that's probably going to be who I shouldn't trust. Who do I least trust? Because that's probably who I should trust. So I was looking at everybody through a eye of suspicion. Hmm. See, these are the episodes where I just don't trust anybody. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I mean, I like, I just have to kind of watch these episodes for what they are, because if I start building apart, Trying to figure out who's, you know, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, who's, you know, got the alien bug in their brain that's controlling them. I'm just going to assume everyone is doing bad and so here's not the question. Myself. You have the fastest to make captain ever. You have Captain Hunlu Picard and like all these other captains. 
gathering on a secret planet and no one knows about it <laughs> because and they said code 47 right <laughs> Like yeah, nobody figures it everyone out. knows they have a secret. <laughs> and we're not going to go there and ask them what that secret is. <laughs> I mean, this, this far in the future, I'm sure they have like some kind of GPS on these shields from Star Trek. <laughs> like, track them. like oh, there's no reason sure why there's... all of these ships should be in one place and they're not fighting was, the board. I'm sure they're low jacked somewhere. <laughs> that, that does come up later on in the episode when they're when Picard visits Starfleet headquarters. But you know, I want to get actually as like. Unusual orders, high-ranking officials backing irrational proposals, Starbase 12 evacuated for two days with no explanation, and some deaths among high-ranking officers. Is that enough to kind of drum up this thing about a conspiracy going on in Starfleet? Is that is that really enough? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's the smoking gun here? I don't get it. I, I mean, I mean, if you go as big as I'm assuming the Federation is, that that looks like you're drawing and picking at straws, trying to create a conspiracy. That sounds like a conspiracy theory, not yeah. a conspiracy conspiracy. Yeah, and you know. Um, Jeremy, you mentioned it a minute ago, but that data plays a vital role in um, discovering what's going on. Um, and, and to that point, I want to say, where's Section 31's control when you need it? You know, because if we had this, <laughs> if we had this computer that was doing all this uh, tactical and geopolitical analysis on Starfleet as a whole, I think they would have found this way before we got to this point. But what if do you ever there was a job for Section 31, this would probably be it. Right. <laughs> yeah, primed for it. Yeah. But I do like how Data, you know, was instrumental in in deducing from all of these communications and logs exactly what was going on. I, I didn't want to throw this out. Like, what? how long do you think it would have took a person to figure out what it took Data to find out in a few minutes? Oh, they still be working on it. Yeah, being a different <laughs> job. I mean, yeah. But again, like, why is there not a computer a just crunching you, this stuff? I don't. If you tie, if you dig enough and tie enough in, everything looks like a conspiracy. Yeah, true. And if you're not, I mean, Data probably. I mean, he will probably be the only person that would could compute it and think about it fast enough to decide if it's conspiracy or are we just connecting dots that really shouldn't be connected. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because, I mean, you could take random facts and create create your own conspiracy about anything, pretty much. But uh, you're right that data has the ability to analyze and make judgment calls and maybe a computer can't do. But he is a computer. Maybe a normal computer can't do, which is pretty interesting. And, you know, there was another episode of TNG where this admiral or another captain comes on. I think it was a TNG. And they're saying that... Uh, they would relieve Picard of his duty and say there's a lot of problems on this ship. And he just starts pulling up random log entries. And, you know, what about when you did this and you made and you made this decision, you made this decision and this was not right. And this was against the rules. And oh, I, I think that was like the sister episode to this one. Was that coming of age that had Remick in it? Did yeah. Yes. Wait, I think I have to look it up. Is that the one when Enterprise got inspected? Right. I think so. Yeah, so that was the tie-in episode to this one with Dexter Remick and uh, Admiral Quinn. They both were in that episode. I think Quinn was the Admiral, and, right. and Dexter Remick was the one that was inspecting the Enterprise. 
Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, and that, uh, so I mean, that kind of goes to my point. You know, it everything is conspiracy if you want it to be. True. So again, I think they just grabbing at things now. But I mean, to come to find out, they really were aliens. So. <laughs> yeah. So and the funny thing is, like, um, you know, Picard gets this message and he goes to this planet. And only after the Horatio was destroyed that he decides to clue in if Riker was going on. I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> go wait till the ship gets blown up to tell your first officer what's going on. Well, that was Code 47's rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just saying. And that's absolutely necessary. Okay, so remember, you remember everyone, this guy has a secret. But he can, he's going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, because it's going to be a secret because you delete all the evidence of what you're about to say. So you're the captain and you walk out to your crew and say, hey, guess what, guys? We're going to go assassinate the president of the colonies or whatever the federation is. Well, why are you doing that? Oh, I can't tell you. It just got deleted. It was reason number 40, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so we see we see Dexter Remick and and Quinn are a part, and Admiral Quinn are a part of this group that's there at Starfleet headquarters. And then once Enterprise goes back back to Earth, which they rarely do, in the words of of Picard, um, what do we think about Quinn, Admiral Quinn? And I just laughed out loud at some of his scenes. But what do we think about him being, um, I guess, taken over by this alien entity? And kind of, I guess, most importantly, we might need to talk about the Riker <laughs> Quinn fight. Oh, was it not the best? What do you guys think of it, Jeremy? You know, you know. Once again, <laughs> this was a very '80s episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was the. I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump over you, Jeremy, but this was so reminded me those fight scenes of the A Team. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It actually reminded me more of Batman than it did of 18. Wow. <laughs> I, I think of anything maybe that reminded me of the olden times of television is <laughs> is when they like you could they switched the camera, you could obviously tell it was a stunt double doing the moves. It's just like so hilarious. It was so freaking hilarious. It's just like a, a a young guy with a wig on, like throwing a very bad wig at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man, this is so cheesy. I could have shot this, man. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. He like throws a uh, freaking Jordy across the room without the door. <laughs> so great. And not only that, the door that I, that you're assuming is metal is a, is <laughs> obviously plywood that breaks in two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and he man. just gets up. <laughs> this episode, he, man. <laughs> he just gets up. Did he throw Worf around too? Did I see that? Or yeah, he threw Worf over the desk. He was great. <laughs> you know, I have never been impressed with fight scenes and stars, other than the Discovery fight fight scenes. But like, I'm that's the one thing I've always questioned in Trick is like they call security and security gets there and they get their butts whipped or either they phaser somebody. Like they never, I've never seen a. Even Worf. I mean, Worf usually wins by brute force. But when, he does, when, no. when he wins. Worf doesn't win a lot, actually. But no one can fight. Like, the best movie I they have is that two-hand grip 
like push down oh, thing they do. Dude, we got the battle fights are pretty good. We got war fighting is good. Now, I mean, oh, uh, admittedly, well, no, nobody else fights much other than Worf. Everybody else uses, you know, phasers most of the time. But I well, think the, the war fights. Like Natasha Yar, like yeah, she, she did really shouldn't have been a security officer. <laughs> she, <laughs> I'm sorry. She it's, it's is it because she's a woman? <laughs> no, 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 that's just because she got killed. <laughs> oh god no. I forget if she's a man or a woman she was a security officer and she got killed hey Kyle it's too soon man <laughs> I would love to be in, I would love to be on any ship where uh, Yar is the security officer I'm just saying I mean you can't hate on that you just she, really can't I, I liked her I'm not hating I'm just <laughs> stating facts I mean she had no Ability is what I'm saying. Like Tuvok was a Vulcan, so he had like the neck pinch. That that that's an advantage. Worf, you know, he amazing strength, and he's a cleaner. You know what I mean? Uh, Odo was a changeling. They all had special abilities. Natasha Yar was just a person trying to fight. An angry person trying to fight. Anti-human. Quit being anti-human, dude. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Jeez. I keep saying he's not anti-human. He's diverse. Exactly. Thanks. Mm. But, you know, again, like this is a point in the episode where, again, I think the way it was shot drummed up the suspense more than the actual script did because they made us believe Riker got inseminated by the the alien entity. Interesting choice of words. And and, and we had the one that. Not not, not, not overtaken, but inseminated. (laughs) And of course, you know, we uh, we get to Starfleet headquarters. Picard is being down to talk with the admirals there. And, and you know, for the rest of the episode, pretty much it's pretty lackluster. Not as not not a lot going on. I feel we have the round table where we have the moment where Riker comes and for a split second, we think he's part of the the alien uh, invasion, but you know, he helps Picard out in the end and they take back over Starfleet headquarters and they kill the mother, um, the mother, mother alien, which is in, um, what's his name is in Dexter Remick. And that's pretty much in an episode. So the whole point was to stop this alien, alien invasion. Now, one thing I, one big question I have is like they didn't really explore like were there any other people oh, walking around with these I guess it could have sent out like a message to say if somebody has a tail coming out of their neck, maybe they're an alien. But, uh, <laughs> but, not, but, wait, wait, didn't the they say something about if the mother the creature died yeah, the, the little ones died too? They did. That's a cop out, man. Were they telepathically um connected? They didn't say that. Like so how would killing the mother kill all the that didn't make any sense. Because to me. it's sci fi, man. It's, the it's sci fi. <laughs> yeah, it's like the 80s, and they're, I mean, we're talking about teleporting people and phasers. <laughs> I mean, they've done a lot. They got, we got to let them get away with something. <laughs> but anyway, I guess I ran through the end of the episode. Because again, like, once you get past the drama of what it is that we're facing, the end of it, the rest of it kind of wraps up pretty quickly. So does anybody have any thoughts on the scenes there at Starfleet headquarters? Maybe the ending when Remick was destroyed and the alien was shown, the mother alien was shown in his stomach uh, or just any other takeaways from the end of the episode. So I will say the scene where they're eating the grubs is one of the most disgusting scenes I've seen in a long time. (sighs) 
<laughs> yeah, that was, I mean. And, and Voyager did it better. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing nothing worse than seeing a, a Klingon feast. Um, you know, I mean, pretty par for the course. I, mean. I can almost handle gach, yeah. but these little these little grubby things. I don't know. I, I used to work at a pet store, and we'd have to sell them to you know and feed the little creatures, and I had to watch them eat it, and it was just what about just the grubs? Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen those actually. Okay, really? so I will just remind you guys that we have seen glimpses, not not full, thank goodness, whole scenes, but we have seen glimpses of Klingon sex. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, but uh, other th- other than that, I do have, <laughs> uh, I do have two things that that, that I had uh, noted. One being the mother creature, I believe, was originally supposed to have been a full, not inside a human, uh, but I, something with the special effects, they decided not to do it. Interesting. And the way the story was originally written, there were not supposed to be aliens. This was supposed to be a subversive part or uh, something in the Federation, but Roddenberry was still alive and didn't like that. That's why they switched it to the alien angle. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. So he didn't want any part part of Starfleet being bad as a whole. Yeah. So I'm assuming in canon, as far as appearances go, we had not seen Section 31 yet, right? I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. We don't get them to DS9. Oh, uh, okay. So for, I mean, I know in timeline, you know, now with Discovery, they existed before then. But, but it's interesting that if you had have had people in Starfleet trying to take over, that would be a little Section 31-ish a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either people or if you, especially in the case where we have these aliens, that that stuff would have never got off the ground because Section 31 would squash that real quick, you know. Yeah, with all their intelligence. So, I mean, good, good points, good points, good points. As far as this episode pertaining to the overall scope of who Picard is... I do think it plays a pivotal role in the in, in the sense that it shows them having to trust some people and come to that decision whether I'm going to, you know, choose to trust them or not. And how I'm going to get this evidence that that, you know, uh, bolsters my trust or either tells me, no, these dudes are crazy. And I, I, f- I feel like I like the way he went about that in this episode. So in that sense, I th- think it does play into, you know kind of pivotal role of who Picard is. And of course we're going to get into it as we get into different episodes going for further on. But for season one, I think it was a good episode for him. I think this would have made actually a, a really good, if done properly, like two or three episode arc. Yeah. Cause I mean, I totally agree with you because on the face of it, it seems like a much grander story, but somehow they are able to squash it all in these 42 minutes and make it work. Cause I mean, on the face of it, it doesn't seem like it should work in this episode. And of course it has some problems, but you know, for the most part, I think they make it work now again, like the camera tricks to make us think one thing when it was really another, I don't really like that because to me it, it, they're using visual aids to maybe take the place of sloppy writing or bad writing in a sense. But but it it works if you just look at this episode as as standalone it it does work so you know I think I think they did a good job with it. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. Um, 
we're going to wrap things up. And uh, I guess right now we can go around a horn and see what everybody is working on podcast related or otherwise. And we're going to start down there in Hattiesburg and we'll start with, with, with John, man. What are you working on podcast related or otherwise? Um, not much, man. Not much. I am slowly finishing up Game of Thrones. So it was my first time watching that. So that's just been pretty good. Although I know the ending sucks, supposedly. It doesn't suck. It's just different than what people wanted it to be. (laughs) (laughs) But it was really good. Um, and I'm sure, well, Jeremy and I have been throwing around some ideas to get our podcast reignited uh but we're gonna go a different way with it i think we're gonna start reviewing movies older movies okay yeah like you know movies uh, i think i think the the fifth element is one of the first ones we said we're going to talk about first just just movies that have been out that that we've seen that you know not necessarily have changed our lives but have meant something to us over the years right i like it man i like it cool angle yeah something that we can probably actually get some consistency content out on a regular basis our our first run we just couldn't really find topics that we both could give good meat and potatoes about so we're going to try a different angle and hopefully that works out so stay tuned so jeremy what about you man same thing or are you up to something pretty, different pretty much um i mean I, I i have no life i work and i do this and that's and i play warcraft so <laughs> that's really my life cool beans and Cal Jones, man, what are you working on, podcast-related or otherwise? All right. Well, I will say any of the fans of Discussing Tracker are also Doctor Who fans. We are right on the precipice of going to the library. And if you're Doctor Who fans, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So, uh, yes, in about two episodes, which will be 162 we will be going to the library. So I'm excited about that. And you can find out more about Discussing Who at DiscussingWho.com. Cool, guys. And I'm just throwing out there to the people who might be listening and made it this far in the episode. Like, what did you think of Conspiracy? What did we miss in our review uh, of this episode? And how do you think it impacts Picard as a character? Please send that feedback in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up on any of the social medias at Discussing Trek. Guys, thank you for joining us. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may also like Relativity 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 Relativ
Relativity is an audio drama serial about two people, a woman on Earth and a man in space, struggling to remain connected, to help one another through life and death situations. Their only link across the vast emptiness of the cosmos is the sound of each other's voices. Find out more at relativitypodcast.com. Relativity.